Greetings. Salutations. I'm Frances. And I'm Jordan. Welcome to the Podcast Diaries, a podcast where two friends dive deep into the world of nostalgia by rereading the Princess Diaries book series by Meg Cabot. All right. So today is Sunday, November 15th. We have some amazing news. Joe Biden is president-elect. Um, Finally, <laughs> we have the information. Yes. And it's all like official and stuff's been called and blah, 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 blah. Um, Our week-long election day has ended. Yes. I know, right? <laughs> Two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a long time. Um, but also in other and possibly more exciting news we do have a very special guest here today um a graduate undergrad at university of south carolina and law degree also from the university of south carolina um very special to me when i was three years old he pushed me in a pond and has yet to admit that that is what happened and claims that i fell um <laughs> my older brother sure Stephen Bailey <laughs> oh wait are we saying last names well too late now it's up to you <laughs> welcome the universe <laughs> glad to be here <laughs> discussing, <laughs> discussing my new favorite books <laughs> thank you for joining us Stephen yes so Stephen obviously oh our first male guest oh yeah that's very, very exciting. exciting a yeah. new perspective yeah well all right well how how did you find the books and um it how how have you experienced the princess diaries before now and how are you finding them now well when you first talked about doing this podcast i uh <laughs> i thought you were talking about the princess bride and <laughs> made a corny <laughs> quote um and then you reminded me no it's the other one <laughs> and uh, so and then I learned at that moment that there are also books. Um, I thought it was I thought it was just a movie or two movies maybe. Uh, yes, but now yes. I know there are a dozen books. A right many books. So that, yeah. that's my that's my experience. Yeah, and that is actually including been, a half book. Yes, that reading today. There, that's actually been a very common. <laughs> thread and theme throughout my life personally where I have because I've only had male roommates and I will be like uh, at some point I'll always we'll have like a movie night and they'll be like what do you want to watch and I'll always be like we should watch the princess bride and they'll be like why would I want to watch that and I'm like what are you talking about this is the best movie ever made like you're crazy and they're like I just don't I mean I'm not interested in like Julie Andrews or whatever and I'm like okay so I said Princess Bride and you heard Princess Diaries and then the opposite will also happen where like one of my co-workers I was like guess what I started a podcast about the Princess Diaries and we always like razz each other and I was like waiting for him to say something and he like didn't and two days later I was like hey so when I I told you I started a podcast about the princess diaries and i think you heard i started a podcast about the princess bride and he was like yeah no that's exactly yes that's exactly what happened that would be awesome though yeah no it would be princess totally. bride kicks ass yeah let us know if you're in interested. my opinion well, yeah, in let us know if you're interested in the <laughs> yeah. princess bride podcast there's two books as well so mm. we could we could do that i i own princess brides in storage now but it's very good anyway moving forward Stephen had zero, <laughs> zero <laughs> knowledge of the Princess Diaries before That's this. That's okay. We'll forget it. Um, read the books, uh, the pre, the one, two, and three 
to prep for book four and a half. And uh, that is let's, so generous. Let's jump into uh, what book four and a half is about. All right. So for this episode, we read the entirety of the book Project Princess, volume four and a half, falls in between volumes four and five. So here's a little synopsis. Uh, Mia is desperate to join her GNT classmates on a spring break trip to West Virginia, where they will be building homes for the less fortunate. Mia claims it's a crucial part of her self-actualization journey, but she really just wants to go to make out with Michael. Grammaire thinks the trip sounds horrendous, which leads Helen to allow Mia to go, and Philippe insists that Lars join her. The trip ends up being a bit less glamorous than Mia imagined, with accommodations consisting of tents in the woods and few bathing opportunities, not to mention lots of tough manual labor. Mia is intrigued by their host family, who they're building the house for, and the lifestyle they lead in Hominy Knob, West Virginia. Mia saves the day when she realizes that her host mother is going into labor. With everyone applauding her keen sense of observation, Mia realizes that writing may not be such a bad skill. The host family even decides to name their baby after Mia. Mia and Michael finally get to squeeze in a makeout session before heading home to New York, where Mia feels accomplished and on the road to self-actualization. So that is a brief overview of Project Princess. Very nice. And um, I noticed something. Well, Stephen, you have my copy of the book. So if it's if it's legible, would you mind turning to the cover page or like where the copyright is? There's a little snippet. Oh, yes. I was going to say that page is still exists. <laughs> like the, yeah, uh, Stephen, the, the, had the, a brief the dialogue there. No, no, no. The like on the on the title page, like behind it, this where page. all the copyright is. Stephen, mm -hmm. see. Okay, so behind that one, there's a little snippet, so. and it says the book is uh, all the proceeds are going to go to some to. Well, will you read yes. that? Proceeds from sale of this book uh, were donated to the Lower East Side Girls Club of New York City to help. Oh, to help big build their first ever permanent home. Yeah, Very I thought that cool. was nice. I noticed that. And I mean, obviously, we know Queen Meg is, yes. uh, you know, giving. Um, it says, this organization provides a range of innovative programming for girls and their families living in downtown Manhattan. Very cool. Yeah. Um, and, of course, I didn't, I couldn't remember what it was. I noticed it, and I meant to make a note of it, and I never looked it up because uh, Stephen had my copy, and I didn't know <laughs> um, But you know, hopefully that place still exists and, you know, a royal wave to them if you feel like donating a couple dollars and helping Indeed. out. Indeed, sounds like a great org. Yeah. I mean, uh, if Queen Meg likes it. I, yeah, true. Facts, of course. So in terms of this book, um, it's, it's pretty short. It's 50 pages, but there's sort of a lot <laughs> that happens. And um, the central theme, I think, of this book is that little things can go a long way, primarily in that, you know, Mia's just writing in her day-to-day -day journal, just recording freaking everything she sees. And that ended up helping this family realize that they were about to give birth. So that's kind of a biggie. Yeah. And then piggybacking on that, the, the, the like, housing for the hopeful guy or whatever he's like oh wow like you wrote that down that's that's pretty impressive that you you know noticed what was going on and then Mia's like oh maybe maybe this writing skill isn't so bad and just him saying that really gave her like the confidence about her writing skills and also the fact that at the end when they get Dairy Queen in the shower it just like turns their day around and <laughs> in my yeah. mind that's a little thing that goes a long way so oh, anyway yeah. Definitely. I mean, I think I, 
I know Stephen and I have done when we were younger, especially we did a lot of like mission trips and stuff through work. And we, we went to New Orleans after, um, I was going to say, didn't you go on a school trip to New Orleans? Yes, I did. I did one through church and I did one through school. Okay. Um, and both were great. Well, (laughs) the school one, the chaperone was two teachers who disliked me to the nth degree. I mean, it was great. <laughs> I had to write both of them apology notes because I, they said I cursed too much. And what, uh, well, and one, did you? <laughs> I like cursed a tiny bit, like a normal amount, especially since we're not on school property. Who gives a fuck, right? <laughs> um, but actually, I do have like Eloquent. this is total sidebar, but <laughs> I'm so petty. One of them was from like Boston, and she was a huge Red Sox fan. And so at the bottom of her um, note, I put a quote by Yogi Berra saying, I didn't really say all the things I said. And like famously, Stephen, you know why that's kind of a slap in the face. Because Yogi Berra yeah, was Yankee. Yeah, he was a Yankee, famously. And he was, yeah. So basically, I just kind of was like, go fuck yourself. Um, anyway, uh, back to <laughs> building houses yes. for people who need it. Um, yeah, no, it's, I definitely have done that quite a few times and in Charleston um we Jordan and I when did we talked about this in the last episode I think or maybe one before that about um doing Habitat for Humanity and our mm-hmm. awesome bucket the women hats. build <laughs> yes. yes that's the extent of my experience in like home building yeah that one well, day we didn't do a lot of build. building to be uh, yeah I remember them. nailing that Tyvek stuff to the wall that like paper that was like all I did. I wasn't useless. allowed to do anything because I was a year younger than everyone. Oh, right. You weren't allowed to like hold the hammer and stuff. Yeah. You had to be 16. Yeah. And That's so funny. I just kind of like walked around and drink Gatorade. Like <laughs> I remember there was this one lady there who hit that na- hit the hammer with the nail once and it went all the way in. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> this woman is on beast mode. She had like elbow tattoos of like Aztec prints. I don't know why I remember that so well. Oh, I just remember that lady. Anyway. Oh, sorry. That's Millie. I'm dog sitting. She um, really cute. Yeah, sorry. I just saw her going, going to the <laughs> Who's sorry, dog yes. is that? <laughs> so yes, um, if you hear a dog yipping. <laughs> Um, so yeah. Mia, Mia wants to join her GNT class on a trip to West Virginia, and she claims it's to be self-actualized, but she actually just wants to go make out with Michael. Um, Helen is like question mark about it, but Mr. G's like, no, it's really cool. It's great. I've been a bunch of times, but he's not going because Helen's pregnant. And there's right. this funny quote about Helen. You know, she says she if she knows her baby's a boy. She won't have any incentive to push men being the reason we even need organizations like housing for the hopeful because male politicians make such bad decisions when they're elected to public office, such as starting expensive and unnecessary wars before making sure all their constituents have decent housing first. I thought that was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, that, that sums up, by the way, in reading these, I'm like, oh, I can see why they like these books. Exactly, because <laughs> we're like, feminists. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, it's like, this reflects exactly how I've known y'all to be throughout your life. Yeah. Well, surprisingly, like, you're, you're writing it. <laughs> 
we did discover though that meg is not um like a new york hardcore feminist she's where i can't remember where where is she from she's indiana indiana and now she lives in key west Um, but she lived in new york for a while right yes um Um, but i yeah i thought this was weird though of helen to be um she wasn't like anti because this is supposed to be the it's called um what is it called it's called a build for housing for the hopeful housing for the hopeful and it's supposed to be like um habitat but i guess they probably couldn't get habitat to agree so i just like i felt like it was weird maybe well i guess we can just blame it all on the hormones yeah i was gonna say when you're pregnant your brain's not really your own and also helen is very anti like rural america (laughs) based on her she doesn't want her to go to west virginia you're totally Um, right but then Grammaire is like, oh, you only want to go because your mother sends you to this hippy-dippy school. And so then <laughs> Helen's like, you can go. Yeah. Um, and she tells Michael and Michael's like, cool. And she's mad that he's not like, oh, such bliss am I feeling. And sh- she says, must work on planting seed of romance in him so it can come to fruition in time for a major makeout session in our nation's 35th state. Um, yeah. So she is super jazzed she thinks she's going to be able to go like just make out with him with no supervision which I don't really know why she thinks that but okay yeah I mean and I don't want to like speak for all men here but or especially not men boys like truly like I mean Steven did you I don't know did you ever actually date anyone in high school like were you a confirmed boyfriend no you were never a confirmed yeah okay I didn't think so like there was a couple people who like we would always be like okay you're not dating (laughs) sure but I think we can all agree that high school boys are not romantic no like that let me interject that I I don't think so so I apologize to anyone listening to this podcast if I forgot (laughs) To any of Steven's <laughs> high school girlfriends who he's forgotten, you were just forgettable. I, I, don't, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe, maybe I forgot that conversation, and but right. my apologies. But I mean, nice. well, like, but yeah, also, I do agree. High school guys yeah, are not overly no. romantic. They have one and, track minds, and it's not. And it's not when, when they are, it comes across kind of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't think, like, that's a negative. I don't – I'm not saying that as a, like, ugh, that's gross. Like, I can't believe they would – like, no, they're in high school. Like, they're kids. They're not yeah. thinking about that yet. I think it takes men a little bit longer to, yeah. like, be kind of entrenched in the idea of romance, whereas women by society – are told that that's what their number one priority should be. So and Michael's not – Michael's not unromantic, but he's not – He's just not the level of romantic that Mia wants him to be, exactly. which is unrealistic. Yeah. Like, he's um, a very – I think he's actually kind of – for a high school boy, he's very romantic. Yeah, he like the Star Wars a, date. Yeah, well, and he mm-hmm. created a computer program for her. Mm-hmm. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's fine. But, but Mia, I mean, she's over the top. Like, even mm-hmm. literally on page one, I think this is literally <laughs> the opening line. She goes, I am completely exhausted. I don't know yeah. why when I must already bear the burden of having been born a princess, even though I was not aware of it until recently, that I also have been cursed with such a trying family. Like She's, she's very dramatic. She's very dramatic. She's, I mean, even if Michael was like giving her roses every day, she'd mm-hmm. be like, I just don't understand why he doesn't like me. Yeah, <laughs> she's so annoying. Um, but speaking of romance, Mademoiselle Klein and Mr. Wheaton are going on the trip. Yes, they are. A little subplot. <laughs> um, yes. 
And Lily is planning to film an expose for Lily Tells It Like It Is about like rural West Virginia. Um, I found like their like discussion of the South slightly offensive. Oh yeah, this book is (laughs) very offensive to to, like the rural poor. (laughs) Yes, exactly. They literally are like, they're like one seat at animal that Mm-hmm. We're describing them singing "Fancy" is one of my favorites. Oh my god! Yes. yes. Oh my I'm gosh! Sorry. I have that. I have that on our outline to discuss. <laughs> yes, of course. She, she summarizes "Fancy" like it's like some, you know, like a book or something. Yeah, oh, fancy a, girl. a girl she using her God-given talents. <laughs> she completely yeah. misunderstands. Mm-hmm. She thinks that yeah. "Fancy," which okay, so I guess let's backtrack. Fancy is a song by Reba McIntyre. Um, a great song. It, it's an amazing song. It came out in 1990, and it is about wow. a um, about a mom who's literally dying. So she dresses up her like 16 year old daughter in a dress, and she turns her, out her kid. She like sends her out onto the street <laughs> to be a sex worker, literally. Mm-hmm. And her name yeah, is Fancy. It's, it's implied. Mia says, um, Mia says it was all about how Fancy used her talents to get ahead in life. And you know what? She's not wrong. She's not wrong. It's a Fancy had a talent. Um, Mm -hmm. But it is not a feel good song. And the fact that Mia was just like, (laughs) like it's Yeah, she missed the point. (laughs) Um, It's also not an easy song to sing. It's kind of weird that people were just sitting around the fire (laughs) singing it. Uh, I've noticed that a lot of Reba's songs have like an intense narrative. Like for instance, Mm -hmm. uh, The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia song. That's a whole book. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that's neither here nor there. One time I saw a drag queen at Dudley's sing that, and I was like, weird choice, but it works. (laughs) You love it, yes. (laughs) Wait, fancier than the night that the lights went out in Georgia. the Georgia one. Oh, that is intense. I've definitely seen a a drag queen do fancy, because duh. Yeah, fancy um, makes more sense. Yeah. Um, If you'd like a podcast about Reba McIntyre, let us know. (laughs) Let us know. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, so yes, great point, Stephen. Like, that really does. That was was the highlight of this book for me, actually. (laughs) I, I, like, literally stopped to tell Reed about it. That's so Um, funny. (laughs) But yeah, so this is actually in relation to what we talked about on the last last episode francis mia is like looking at the list of things they need to pack and is like alarmed yes and we talked about that in our last episode on that camping trip we went on about the yes. number of things they told us to bring i made a note of that as well because mm-hmm. it's so we'll hear read the list because what page would, is it on yeah. uh i don't know my book sorry um it's it's a lot of things but it's yeah, oh it's here we go tool belt or cloth nail pouch hammer with claw gloves for handling rough lumber 25 to 30 foot tape measure utility knife wire cutter small nail puller carpenter's pencils and then she also there's also like shower bag like all sorts of shit and so i'm not sure why she thinks it's going to be such a glamorous trip um, yeah like there's nothing in freaking that. shower bag yeah so anyway, yeah. um, Grammaire's like, oh, come to Palm Springs with me. And Mia says no. And there's this ridiculous, in, in relation to what Steven said about it's like they're going to the zoo. Grammaire's like, oh, they were gunny sacks in West Virginia. And Mia <laughs> says, oh my God, I hope they don't express us to dress like the natives in order to blend in. I don't own a house dress. I don't even think you can buy one of those in New York. Bro, it's like, like so dress like, like the natives. And their their list that list also says not to pet the animals. <laughs> her experience, and she's outraged, and it's like her experience with animals is pets. 
Exactly. Yeah, there's not like a deer or you know, mm. she's everyone so knows special. about the wild deer of New York. Um, yeah. <laughs> New York City. <laughs> yeah, <central> park, <laughs> but... And just to piggyback on this rural thing i live in an area it's a city there's sixty thousand people who live here but surrounding is very much foothills rural poor like it and it's people wear normal clothes (laughs) (laughs) nobody's in gunny sacks like that would be very (laughs) gunny sacks are like or the only place that people are wearing non like air quotes normal clothes are in like polyamorous mormon communities where like they have to wear jeans under dresses yeah. like i've there's nowhere in the south where people are like oh i God, also i also I, like a really offensive accent here and say they wear nor mormons wear normal clothes i know <laughs> i meant like ex- in extreme sex. Wyoming. <laughs> yeah no, like i'm talking the, about the extreme yeah. sex like those sex. ones like who live Amish. in those houses built <laughs> yeah. into the built into the mountain yeah um, like the Amish wear yeah, weird yeah. clothes because they make their own clothes, <laughs> but they, yeah, no, it was just, it's funny that she's so like, doesn't know anything about life outside of New York city where she's like, they think, yeah, they, they, yeah she's, I Googled what a gunny sack is too. Cause I wasn't oh, I positive <laughs> and it's like literally a burlap bag <laughs> for yeah. like right. rice. Well, it's from like the Got armholes and a head yeah. hole in it. Yeah, it's from like the depression from people who like literally didn't have anything other, uh, anything else to make uh, clothing with. Like, it's a very extreme situation. Yeah, her like New York City perspective is a little blown. Which I wonder, I mean, I don't think it's totally out of, out of character. Like, I don't know, people from New York City, let us know, like, who grew up there. It must be strange. It really brought it full circle for me because the first book I started reading was in a deer stand. Um, in, in <laughs> I saw that picture. I'm going to post that. That is so well, funny. And, and I, and when in reading it, I was like, I, I probably am the first person to ever read Princess Diaries in a deer stand. But also, I, like, I can imagine from his perspective. And then this book is her perspective on on that, basically. Yeah. If she you've read Princess upset. Diaries in a deer stand, let us know. <laughs> but yes. I'm willing to bet that Stephen was the first. So they get on the bus to go to West Virginia, and Boris vomits immediately. Um, which, and it's really gross. And Michael said, everybody moves to the back, but Michael sits with him because he's, like, so sweet. Um and oh my gosh. is just ruining everything left and right. When I went to do, when I went to New Orleans with the school, there was a person who we won't name, but I'm sure you can guess who it was. They are, or were, they had bad eating habits. And anyway, halfway through the trip, we stopped for lunch and we went to Subway and this person got a tuna fish salad sandwich. To take on the and bus. Bro, we ate in the restaurant and then they wrapped up their second half of their sandwich and brought it on the van with us and they had very very such bad etiquette and they also had very bad bo because they wore the same red sweatshirt all the time um yeah and it was like truly horrendous Ooh, I was so mad at that's them. not good it's like that episode of the office when they get on the plane and michael's like oscar you brought egg salad on a plane what's wrong with you <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, true. Yes, there is etiquette when it comes to stuff like that. And also, mm-hmm. Boris, you're old enough that if you know you're going to get car sick, you should have taken this medicine by yourself instead of. Yeah. And he says, he's like, I don't want to take it. It makes me lose my personality. Like, fuck off. If you're sitting there vomiting and like everyone <laughs> right. has to, like shut up. Take one for the team. This is also, the first time I was actually annoyed by Boris. Yes. Like, yeah, no, that's me. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that was absolutely. She was mm-hmm. rightfully annoyed. Oh, also, God. piggybacking on that, later at the freaking rest stop, Lily and Boris are making out, which mega Ugh. grossed me out. <laughs> yes. Did he brush his teeth? I thought about that. And I he thought, has braces. I back to see if, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> But they're I 15. About the braces. They're just disgusting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would have done that because that's pretty gross, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so they hose off the vomit. <laughs> and um, oh, sidebar really quick. So mm-hmm. Tina didn't have to bring Wahim, which I thought was weird. But Lars came and he brings like a little bag and Mia's like, where's all your stuff? And he's like, hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, because I guess mean? he was like mega trained in like the Israeli army and like probably just slept in the sand for a year and a half. That's true. Um, yeah. He doesn't need things. Yeah. He just um, needs a gun in his yeah. fists. <laughs> Sense. Um, Punishment and terror. Yeah. I guess it does. It is weird that Tina didn't bring her bodyguard, but um, yeah. Nah, I guess that it does make it a little easier yeah story because it would have been more Um, complicated right but anyway they get to west virginia and mia's shocked at the conditions which is stupid because obviously they told you to bring a shower bag yeah um although she did say in the pictures online the tents were on platforms and when they got there the tents were not on platforms and that's a big difference so yeah yeah that's true i mean yeah that's hard to that's that's a hard uh, pill to swallow, I guess. Yeah. If you think. But even so, I mean, sleeping on a platform versus sleeping on the ground is not gonna like. You're not sleeping on cots. You're sleeping. No, but it back. helps with like bugs and shit. And do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It helps with do. But like, yeah. I don't know. It's all relative. Like, you're gonna be gross for a week. Mm-hmm. Like, you might as well just accept it. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so their host family, the Harmeyers, they're like pretty typical rural West Virginia family, I guess. Todd, yeah. the father, the, the husband is unemployed due to the f- tire factory burning down. And Angie, who is pregnant with her third, uh, sweeps up hair at the local salon. <laughs> <laughs> and they have two boys and a baby on the way. And Miss Harmeyer says the exact same thing that Helen says about, oh, I don't want it to be a boy. I won't push. Which means uh, like, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was cute. cute. Um, and their kids' names are Mitchell and Stefano, which I yeah. found hilarious for some. Mm-hmm. I'm not like hilarious, but like just it didn't really match the West Virginian vibe. Well, I feel that- like Mitchell does, but Stefano probably they were watching like Project Runway or something, and we're like, <laughs> Stefano is yeah. a great exotic name. Let's say unique. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays it would be like Braxton. <laughs> and McKaylee spelled E-I-G-H. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if those are your names. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I just gagged. <laughs> and so Lily's going to do an expose on the town, Hominy Knob, and she decides to call it Sour Mash and Medicaid, the failure of the federal government to ease the burden of the rural poor. And wow, that is deep for a 15-year-old. <laughs> what a title. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know what Medicaid was when I was 15, which I is very privileged of me, but like this would have made no sense to me when I first read this. 
Oh, I don't know. I probably did, but I don't know. We were talking about like, I don't know. We were like, we're constantly, we're from a family that was constantly watching the news and talking about politics and not not in an argumentative way, but like, just like we're just discussing stuff. But yeah, it's, it actually is a stark contrast to what Mia is thinking about because she cannot stop thinking about like trying to find time to make out with Michael. And Michael is like rightfully so like kind of focused and also like he's just like we're here to build a house yeah he's doing the <laughs> like, work yeah like we're whereas gonna, like, Mia's like I only fell off the roof twice yeah <laughs> <laughs> no once. once sorry she yeah. only fell off once she only fell off once like relax but um, yeah no Michael is is like invested in doing the work and Mia's like I hope he gets hot and takes his shirt off <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is great, but I guess I guess they do end up having um, a couple of like moving moments. I think I re- oh yeah, Michael Lars and Doctor Gonzalez installed the plumbing. Mrs. Ha- uh, Harmeyer cried when the toilet flushed for the first time. Aww. It was a deeply moving moment. Yeah, but that was the, nice. Yeah, it was really nice. It was just like the way that she said it though was like it was a deeply moving moment. Anyway, moving on with my stuff. Anyway, I haven't made out with Michael. I also liked yeah. too when Mia kept like smashing holes in the wall and Miss Harmer was like, oh, I'll just hang pictures over him. Mia, yes. Michael was like, no, we're going to fix them. Yes. <laughs> Which I thought was nice. That was um, nice, yeah. But anyway, uh, they go at one point, Michael's like, we'll go inventory stuff in the shed. And Mia's like, yes, we're going to go make out. And they go to the shed and Mademoiselle Klein and Mr. Wheatner in there. Oh, my God. Up to something. It's not really specified what. What if we caught our teachers making out? That'd be fucking crazy. Or worse. Or worse. Or more. Or more, yeah. Um, That would be horrifying. Do you remember the IT guy went out, not went out with, but went out to a club with students on their 18th birthday? On one of them, there no. no. He also asked me out that. later on when I came to visit a teal teacher. Yeah, when I was like 21, he was like, "So how old are you now?" And I was like, Ooh. 21. And he was like, "Oh, well, we should get a drink sometime." And I was like, "No thanks." <laughs> it, mm, I don't know that, but that's alarming. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, I found it alarming that he asked me out anyway. <laughs> like, even though I was an adult at the time, I was like, Ew. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so then they catch Mademoiselle Klein and Mr. Wheaton making out and they're like, don't tell anyone. And they say they won't and they leave. But then Michael actually starts inventorying the tools and Mia is like appalled. <laughs> <laughs> they're not there to just hook up. <laughs> um, and then she gets a centipede on her leg and Michael's like, it's no big deal. But centipedes are fucking horrifying and I hate them. And yeah. I would freak out if I got one on my leg too. I'm just saying. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be super happy about it. They have so many yeah. legs. It is, well, I mean, yeah, they have a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> they have a lot. 98 um, too many. <laughs> <laughs> two legs bad, four legs good. I made that joke, or like I was trying to flirt with a guy like a week ago, and I said that because he kept on talking about how he liked cows and like how cows <laughs> were going to take over. And so I, it, that's it from Animal Farm. Uh-oh. And I like, and I said that and he didn't get it. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to cut all that out. But anyway. Wait, if he's talking about cows taking over, but he's not familiar with Animal Farm, he might be a pass. Yeah. I mean, I think he would be anyway, <laughs> but. <laughs> I mean, for something long-term at least. Yeah. No judgment from me. No, um, no, no, no. 
I never think long term. Anyway, let's move forward from this <laughs> conversation. Anyway, so Mrs. Harmeyer, the host wife or the host mom, whatever, is complaining of heartburn. And Mia goes back to her journal and it's like, she was complaining of heartburn earlier. Maybe she's in labor. And then she says something interesting. She says, Todd, get the pickup, which I think is inaccurate because every redneck I know does not refer to their truck as a pickup. They refer to it as a truck. Yeah, they just say get the truck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody calls it a pickup except get for my people pickup who aren't with rednecks. It. Like 450 lift gate blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, no, just get the truck. Get my F-150. <laughs> Nobody calls it that. I mean, I'm not a boy. It seems like more of a boy thing. But I know people, well, they, everyone I know calls it a thing. truck. Yes. Yeah. Like, Steven, do you drive a truck? Everything other than a sedan. <laughs> <laughs> I have now. So... I, I feel like you've heard everything that's not a sedan as a truck, pretty much. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Nobody up. calls it a pickup, like just a pickup. You don't just say, yeah. like, go get my pickup, right? Yeah. I don't think and so. And presumably they don't have like four, they don't have like four cars where she had to be specific about which one. Exactly. Right. They probably just have the one. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a truck. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So that's our Southern upbringing. She was shocked that Michael (laughs) can drive. Yeah, she was like, Michael can drive. Mm -hmm. Which I guess is weird for people in New York. Um, And the Harmeyers leave their kids with the Housing for the Hopeful (laughs) Volunteers. (laughs) They've been doing that all week. Boris has been watching them all week. Right, but they were still at least there. Yeah, you're you're totally right. Yeah, they just like were like, oh, y'all seem cool. Yeah. But um, Dr. Gonzalez, who is like their housing for the hopeful rep or whatever, um, compliments Mia's attention to detail. And she's like, hmm, which I think is nice. Um, And he's like, that's quite a skill. Also, all I'm thinking about is that while she should have been hammering, that's probably why she kept on fucking missing the nails and hammering the, uh, hammering the whatever, the drywall, is because was she just like off in the corner writing in her journal? Yeah, like always. But there was yeah, barely I mean, a working like bathroom for her to go sit in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, Michael can drive. They go to town to get hot dog buns. Um, and they see that the town has, like, four things in it. Like a beauty salon, a grocery store, and a credit union. <laughs> which is basically <laughs> true of, like, rural towns. Yeah. Um, but who shows up? No Chinese restaurants. No yeah, Chinese, no Chinese restaurants, restaurants. No bagels. Yeah. Um, oh, but there is a Dairy Queen. Yes. And they get super freaking pumped to go Maybe to Dairy y'all, Queen. Y'all got me my first Dairy Queen, you and your mom. Oh, how special. Yeah. It was I sort of Flo- remember that. Was that <laughs> no. when we were driving to Florida? Yeah. Yeah. We were driving so we were home like, from Florida. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we went on vacation with Francis to Florida a number of times. Yeah. A number, yeah. Good times. Quite remember a few. We went to Miami. That was fun. <laughs> yes. That guy mooned you. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> If you have you ever been mooned before by a stranger? Because I have. <laughs> yes, that's how I knew it was happening. So I turned away because I have like an older brother with several other with several mm-hmm, male friends. And yeah, no, it's a pretty specific. There's, I think every boy has gone through a phase where they're like, this seems like a good opportunity I'm just to get my butt my out. Ass to some <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna show my opportunity to get my butt out there. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah no that was the first and only time I've been mooned (laughs) anyway so they go to the Dairy Queen everybody gets something different it's very exciting and who should show up but Grummer which is very weird (laughs) yeah it's a bit of a stretch Um, even for for the Princess Diaries (laughs) wait can we circle back for a second what does everyone get from Dairy Queen I'm a hot much Sunday kind of person I don't know I think no, I meant you guys. <laughs> no, what you, what you order. What oh. you order? I meant like a personal discussion. Just because they do I, all. Get I was thinking. Different. I don't. I don't think I've ever been. <gasps> I, yeah, which is weird. I, I know all about it. Like because the yeah. commercials, I guess. Like it looks cool. No, of course. That's the where the blizzards are, right? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. if you go, you need to get yeah. a blizzard. That's like their signature thing. Yeah, and then I they turn it upside down to show you like it's frozen. <laughs> yeah. I think the only time I've ever gotten anything is with y'all. I don't think I've ever been to Dairy Queen other than that. We should all go, the three of us, to come out <laughs> right this moment. We'll yeah, post absolutely. a picture. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, I like the idea. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm for a Dairy Queen. We'll I'm all go get a blizzard and take a picture yeah. of it. Yeah, that'd um, be great. So anyway, Grandmare pulls up, which is, you know, we're suspending our disbelief here. Of she's course. like stops yes. in from her vacay and she's very complimentary of their work. She's like, I mm-hmm. went by the site. It looks great. And she has a number of suites at that local Hampton Inn mm-hmm. and they all get to go shower and then they're like, we should probably get the hot dog buns back. And by this point, I'm like, they've got to have been gone for like three hours. <laughs> at least. At yeah. least three hours. Yeah. Right. But anyway, Which, and they sing, oh, the most important thing. Yes. Dr. Gonzalez tells Mia that they named their baby after her. Yes. Okay. So I have a weird story about this. So I mumble a lot. So when I say my name, which is Francis, people often think I'm saying princess. <laughs> <laughs> which is what the Harmeyers named their baby not which Mia what, but princess yes, yes they did not name her Mia they named her princess and I met a girl who's my age whose name was also Francis and I only have met like two other people who I'm not related to named Francis and so I met her and I was like oh my god my name's Francis too we should be friends like blah 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 and um and she brought up the fact that people will think that we're saying princess when we say Francis. And she was like, yeah, when That's I funny. have a child, I hope I have a daughter and I'm going to name her Francis, but with two S's on the end. So it sounds like princess. Needless to say, we are not friends. It's <laughs> <What? laughs> like princess by yeah. adding an S. Ooh, that's special. So there's two S's. Like F-R-A-N-C-E-S-S. I get it. But yeah, it logically, that doesn't change the like... No, I totally, that is why I did not continue a friendship with this girl. I mean, I met her for all of 20 minutes. (laughs) Well, Francis is a special go. (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) um, So they sing Fancy by the Fire, as we talked about earlier, which is the freaking funniest thing in this book, I think. I lolled when I read that. Oh, I was recently on a cruise and there was a lady who sang that at karaoke and she was very good. And for the oh. rest of the cruise, we, whenever we spotted her, we were like, look, there's Fancy. And Fancy's husband was much older than she was. Her performance was really good. And it also is a very, it's just a very difficult song to sing. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was very surprised that people were sitting by the fire singing it. Steven does karaoke a lot. What? Really? Yeah. What's your go-to? I was about to ask that. I'm more of a uh, observer. Yes. But you sang. Uh, wait, yeah. Do, have you ever sang at karaoke? O- occasionally. I have a very bad singing voice. Yeah, so I do. I, 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 I sing a lot. Wait, so what have you sang? What was your, like, what's your top memory? 
Um, so my strategy is usually a short song where, Smart. where uh, you don't have to hit any notes. So generally it'll be like Blink-182. Uh, <laughs> That's a good choice. Yeah. It gets the people you just, going. You yell it. <laughs> you, you yell it. And, and everyone knows it, so they sing yeah. it with you. No, that's a good choice. Either. It's not fun when people sing something like slow and boring. Mm-hmm. Or like also, a weirdly romantic song. Fancy like... is not a short song. No, like, it's not. It's long. <laughs> there are a number of verses. I think the last time we went to karaoke, someone sang, what was it? It was like, I swear they sang like Whistling Dixie or something like that. And I was so uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> I was awkward. like, Ooh. it was like an old man. He was wearing like cowboy boots and a Yeah, like we get hat. it. <laughs> yeah, and we were just like, like, ev- like everyone in the bar just kind of like, it was like, everyone was like, yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Hey. I, that was, that was with me, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, you were with me then? Yeah. Yeah. At arts. I, I remember yes. that actually. It was very awkward. Yeah, it was Ugh. super weird. Everyone was <laughs> like, it got a song. It's not yeah. really a catchy tune. No, it was so no, quiet. Nobody and, like, wants to see that. Yeah, it was so awkward. Don't Ugh. choose Dixie if you're gonna, you're gonna do karaoke. Yeah, that would be my like personal cringy. advice. Yeah, I went to um, a lesbian it. bar in Nashville where they do karaoke. That was fun. It's called the Lipstick Lounge. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but I, I myself am not a karaoke person. What? <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I myself am not a lesbian. <laughs> that is true, but I am an ally. <laughs> Sorry, Jordan. We've talked about read on here. I don't think you have to clarify. Oh goodness. Yeah. No. Oh my god. Love a good lesbian bar. Not personally a lesbian. <laughs> anyway. Oh my goodness. Fantastic. Um. So. Yeah, uh, Michael and Mia <laughs> finally get to make out. Mia's also not a lesbian, um, <laughs> and, and she's just thrilled. Also, something interesting that happens: Doctor Gonzalez says to Mia that he's thrilled he got to meet Grammer, and she's a very dynamic woman. Yeah, which leads me to wonder: Did they hook up? <laughs> yes, Grammer and Doctor Gonzalez. In the back I definitely of the think yes. Did. Mm -hmm. Or I mean, who knows? Maybe he went back to the Hampton Inn with her. They don't know. He probably had his own tent. That's true. But no, Grammar wouldn't have sex in a tent. No. Mm -mm. So they probably went back to the the Hampton Inn. Yeah. Which everyone knows is where you go to hook up. Everyone knows that. That's a fact. (laughs) It's what the Hampton Inn (laughs) is known for. Yeah. I wonder how far it went. That's probably like the equivalent of a tent for her. (laughs) <laughs> exactly yeah she's probably like oh i'm so exotic yeah. <laughs> i brought this charity man back to the hampton inn showed him a little charity of my own <laughs> so anyway she's dynamic mm-hmm. whatever that means um and they they go back boris is doped up on dramamine on the way home and mia feels very accomplished and thus wraps up the book yeah, it was a nice, it was a nice book. It was a nice little ending and, you know, mm-hmm. Mia hopefully learned something. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever read these. I don't think I ever read the half books other than the prin- uh, Princess Lessons one. Which That's I think so funny. About. I read all the other ones. <laughs> well, I think, well, I think I started with Princess Lessons and just assumed they didn't matter. Right. Like I didn't think they that were plot sense. relevant. So I was like, oh, well, I'm not doing this. I mean, this does um, have plot. You don't have to it read it to like know what happens. Yeah, this is kind of in a, in a sense a standalone, but 
yeah no i wish i had read the characters yeah i do think that i feel like there is this like weird thing though of like mia acting like michael never makes out with her and when it seems like all they do is make out but when they're like alone yeah they just make out like it's like basically michael just doesn't want to be making out during class and yeah just and like, in front of a bunch of he people doesn't, he doesn't love me yeah and it's interesting too which we'll talk about in later books but the age difference you know he's eight 17 or 18 he just and she's 18, 14 and she, yeah she's about to turn 15 a pretty massive yeah. gap in terms of like yeah well actually this is a perfect opportunity steven we talked about this when they in book three and i we were we talked about the age gap so they have the mm-hmm. same age difference as me and you with um like she is uh there he's three years older mm-hmm. and i said i didn't think it would be like that crazy if one of your friends had like asked me out when we were in high school like it probably would have been kind of weird but I feel like mom and dad would have been like less weird about it just because all of your friends then if it was a boy of the same age who you didn't know right yeah yeah I I think age too like in in that 15 and 18 or 14 and 18 is a lot different than 30 and 26 right yes you know like uh, exactly just your maturity level right yeah i mean you're you're legally an adult at 18 yeah. whereas when you're 14 15 right. you're, you're young and like still in high still in early high school you had a friend who hooked up with a yeah. freshman when he was a senior me no Steve. Oh. <laughs> i remember like, that because <laughs> it was uh <laughs> the rumor mill blah blah mm. blah but i mean uh, I a lot remember. of steven's a lot of Steven's friends are sluts. I don't recall. <laughs> Steven's a lawyer. In, in, in no recollection of that. I <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Steven would have been in college when this person was a senior in high school. So I doubt you would have. I mean, the rumor mill probably didn't reach you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a little I think strange. It's, it, it's, so, it's so situational. It's so subjective. Like at that age what's okay and what's not I think like yeah I, and that's why we talked about like Mia's no, known Michael for a long time he's obviously like a stand-up guy which is very different from some guy she doesn't know who's like history she doesn't know asking well like Josh I mean, like Josh exactly yeah Josh is like, fast he's going Josh. 100 miles an hour <laughs> you're going five <laughs> yeah no and um, we I mean yeah Josh was a jerk like yeah. we know that and, and like obviously experienced yes uh i mean no tea no shade but i think we can all agree that josh is not a virgin josh is if you not know what i mean <laughs> if you know what i mean <laughs> if josh lit the black flame candle on halloween nothing would happen <laughs> that's a little hocus pocus reference oh um, that's just a bunch of hocus pocus <laughs> this line anyway any, any other stray plot thoughts um i don't think so i had a should we dive into our favorite lines uh, yeah let's dive into i, our favorite I did lines. like the juxtaposition of the girls saying uh destiny's child yeah. to, <laughs> yes uh, <to> <laughs> they sang destiny's child they sang survivor yes. which is also a hard song to sing mm-hmm. yeah. it's yeah. like a it's like not easy 
Um, it and they like it performed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, clearly they've done this before. They have mm-hmm. parts because Mia said, um, and Lily let me be Beyonce yes, this yeah. time. Beyonce. And, and um, it reminded I me of Beyonce um, always. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Beyonce always. <laughs> it reminded me of something mom said when we were younger. Wait, about... were you just quoting How I Met Your Mother? No. Uh, I think that's from The Office. The Office, yeah. Michael, Michael Scott says it. There's also a, yeah. a similar reference on How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> I'm Beyonce always <laughs> it reminded me of something mom said when we were younger about how they used to sing the supremes and they would all fight over who was diana yeah. Ross. obviously and like, yeah and they would but i think try i think Anne got to Anne generally was the lead because she is the best singer duh Smith. Um, i think she's in my cousin's circle as well i guess they're all in the same circle yeah when you really look at it well, <laughs> technically related somehow by marriage very yeah. distantly by marriage no, we, not we blood are. <laughs> oh yeah steven and francis are related closely um francis and steven and i are related by a marriage welcome to the south everyone yeah. um <laughs> anyway but yeah should we dive into our favorite lines yes um steven do you have any that stuck out to you that you took note of i mean the 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 whole breakdown of the song fancy was really (laughs) so good like getting into because i guess i mean i know what the song's about because i've heard it a million times but i've never thought about it like in a scholastic breakdown way (laughs) it's like yeah like reading it it's like yeah that it's what it's about that's what it's about (laughs) that's the spark notes of that song she may have have been poor white trash but (laughs) she didn't let fancy was her her talents to get ahead in life you know that's what you gotta do i have a couple i didn't read um she says she's talking to michael and i am and she says i want michael to think i'm mature for my age after all he's a senior and i'm only a freshman freshman i have to do what i can to keep him remembering i am only 14 and three quarters years old and i just thought that was so funny because only someone very young recites their age by so like age and three quarters yeah it's like very immature and she's talking about how mature she wants him to think i'll still do that because i look a lot younger than i am so when people (laughs) ask me how old i am it's typically because they think i'm gonna say like 19 and i'll say like oh no i'm 28 and a half (laughs) that's funny um or i just Uh, say i'm 30 because it's easier yeah Um, i wrote um and when she's talking about the movie Nell, which we'll get into during pop culture, she says, I'm pretty sure that that was set in West Virginia or one of the Carolinas. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's the South. It's where rednecks <laughs> yeah. live. Uh, speaking of West Virginia on page 25, she says, anyway, West Virginia itself isn't so bad. So far, we haven't met one person wearing a gunny sack or playing the banjo in a menacing way, <laughs> which I guess is a deliverance yeah. reference. Yeah, it's a deliverance <laughs> reference. Uh, I'm going to talk about deliverance I, I a little bit what, Stephen? But by what? the end, I couldn't believe that there wasn't a, a full-on deliverance reference. Um, oh, I but know. that was that probably is. Doesn't she but mention she references, it? Like so many she other mentioned... movies and books. I think she mentions it when she's she... Michael asks what they're IMing, right? Or am I? Was it something else? No, oh. he says like I can't remember. I don't. He I says something, and she's like, "I don't like movies where jump people jump out." Aren't they talking uh, about deliverance? I don't know. Maybe not. Um, she also no, says. I thought Sorry, they were talking about Blair Witch. Maybe. 
because um, but she does she, she does talk about Blair Witch. Yeah, Blair Witch is mentioned a number of times, which leads me to my next quote on page twenty-seven. Oh wait, she says about well, this sorry, I wrote it down because it was really funny. She says, "I mean, I will admit I watched the entire movie with my eyes closed, but it sounded really scary." <laughs> and yes. I believe it took place, and I believe it took place um where oh yes, the woods, <laughs> the woods. <laughs> She says on page 27, must find a place to hide this journal so the bears slash serial killers slash Blair Witch won't find it while I am gone. <laughs> like, she has a weird notion of the woods. <laughs> yes. And also who would be interested in like why, what people who are those people would be interested in because I'm pretty sure serial killers and the Blair Witch are interested in murdering you and bears, bears all they can't want. read. Bears cannot <laughs> read. Don't be, that's racist. Okay, you're right. <laughs> you don't know bears can't read. That's but true. also bears are interested in food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like not books. Your journal is not food. Uh, my last quote was the thing about travels with Lana's coccyx bone. <laughs> it's just like this weird, it, like animated movie that Lily made about how Lana's coccyx bone broke off and traveled around and visited her organs. Which and I hilarious. just thought that was so weird and creative. It's very. That's all my um, lines. My favorite. Very lines. magic school bus. Do you remember? Yes. When Ralphie got sick. Not Ralphie. It was the other. Whatever. Someone got sick and they traveled around his intestines. Yes. Um, I remember that episode really well. It's a really good one. <laughs> good um, stuff. I don't think I have any other ones. Oh, I have Michael's right. Who cares about typhoid when there's kissing? <laughs> <laughs> Something she would say. Like, yeah. Um, Stephen, do you have any any final favorite lines? I think we covered covered all. I just enjoy like their like I said. I think it's like they're going to the zoo. <laughs> like, really <laughs> yes. like when they it's and like yeah, like cornbread is a novelty. And, <laughs> oh they eat a lot. Yeah, basically every, everything about it. Yeah. Which yeah, her so, culture shock is yeah is funny. It, that was so weird to me that she was like, I'm so sick of corn, which like maybe I'm super Southern, but I was like, I, f- I could eat corn literally every day and be happy. I like corn. <laughs> yeah, I love I corn. Good. <laughs> and like, I mean, yeah. We'll talk a lot about corn in later books. Yes, we will. Stay tuned, <laughs> Stay tuned Stay everyone. Tuned. Stay tuned. Shadowing. Yes. <laughs> um, do you hear that? Speaking of mm. corn. I think there's a little feedback coming in. It sounds like there might be. <laughs> that was solid. Maybe it's a, it's a pop, popcorn culture machine. I uh, think so. Happening. I um, My pop culture section is blank just because you're so good at it. I don't even try. So, uh, <laughs> um, hit us with it. <laughs> it wasn't like a lot, a lot, but there was enough. Um, so one of them we have a princess die reference which mm-hmm. i don't know if another we're keeping track of these but anyway it's been says, every book for sure yeah she says princess die in the landmine situation so mm-hmm. this is a reference to in january of 1997 princess die called for an international ban on landmines she was visiting angola where she caught global attention by walking through a live minefield her trip is credited with boosting the campaign for a global landmine treaty signed later that year um which i she didn't she die in 97 uh yeah so she this was like very soon i mean and also it caused like big international right press because you know she's a fucking princess and she's yeah. walking through a live, uh, live minefield <laughs> helen is watching um stolen women captured hearts <laughs> so problematic 
so is it about like stockholm syndrome nope it is a white woman captured by native americans <laughs> and held captive uh and then she eventually falls in love with her captors um that's stockholm syndrome well it's yeah but that's not the problematic part oh okay <laughs> that's the problematic part is that it was white a white woman stolen by native americans that oh. would not happen today and the woman she talks about janice turner um is the actress who plays her i the only other thing I've, that she was in that was like of note was friday night lights mm. um and then um she talks about nell with jodie foster which came out in 1994 and it was set in north carolina not west virginia mm. <laughs> so well she sort of references that she thinks are interchangeable later anyway <laughs> so, yeah um and then christy uh is a it came out in 1967 it's like um that's the book that that's where the line like michael's right who cares about typhoid when they're kissing um it's a book written by Catherine marshall she's mentioned this book before has she mm-hmm. in her oh, list of like my favorite my favorite oh, oh it was the women she respects or whatever it was yes, this character that makes sense because basically it's like this woman who is i can't remember where she's from but she goes to like appalachia and she uh like yeah i don't know she just takes care of people and there's like culture shock and yeah. blah, 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 blah. and it's i mean it's technically applicable to mia in this situation but mm-hmm. like i mean you know it's just mia being dramatic yeah um and then she talks about West Side Story, which came out in 1961. They have mm-hmm. a new one coming out in 2021, but it has Ansel Elgort in it, so gross. And you don't like him. I don't like him. Right. Um, it, she talks about Daniel T. Lewis and The Last of Mo- the Mohicans, which came out in 1992, when Actually. Michael, like, she's like, Michael, are you sure you want to stay up here with Boris? And he says, like, save yourself. <laughs> it's very dramatic. Um Oh, they talk about where they stopped off. They talk about two service stations that they stopped off at. Yeah. Um, the first one was Molly uh, Molly Pitcher service area, which, Stephen, I wonder if you know this, because Stephen and I are both kind of history buffs. Mm-hmm. But this is a re- – do, you know do you know what this is? Molly Pitcher? Yeah. Is that that lady who, that like, brought food to yeah. the to the troops or whatever? Um, in or lemonade floor. or something? Yeah. <laughs> She says you. She said you boys look tired. <laughs> no, uh, no. It's basically like she's become this like figurehead of. Uh, there were like multiple, multiple women who like fought in the Revolutionary War, but they're not really mm-hmm. talked about as much because you know, they're women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this basically, there were like three or four women that were confirmed to have fought in the Battle of Monmouth, um, mm. but they've kind of combined them all into this. Um, one woman named Molly Pritchard hmm. and so it was just cool I thought that was funny that they hmm. had or not funny but like it was just interesting that they they named that one specifically and then yeah. the Ruby Rogers restaurant. I've heard of that okay it's like a restaurant chain yeah I've heard of Roy Rogers I've never yeah. seen one it sounded familiar and I kept on trying to be like this must be a person but I couldn't find I don't know I actually um, went to a Roy Rogers when I was in West Virginia a month ago Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I was in, yeah, Stephen went to West Virginia for um, a socially distant wedding. Oh, which, Roy yeah. Rogers Restaurant. Family values, family business. <laughs> yes. How was Roy Rogers? Would you recommend it? Yeah, I think I just got coffee. Um, Steak and, and I, cheese I, I is back. That's what they're known for. Their coffee? Oh, yeah, mm. that's, that's all I got. But it looked like, 
Yeah, they had donuts and breakfast sandwich. Like a good place to eat. We, well, we should check it out if we're ever yeah. in West Virginia. Actually, I don't live that far from West Virginia. I've been meaning to like take a day trip. Oh yeah. <laughs> Worth the visit. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So they also talked about the Blair Witch Project quite a few times. That came mm-hmm. out in 1999. It was um there's a guy who oh man, now I can't remember his name. The guy that was in um uh I feel pretty rory scoville or something like that um Mm -hmm. he's from greenville south carolina Mm -hmm. and he ended up going to so the blair witch project famously is a student film that was made at fsu and afterward and then it made like a bunch of money like florida state university mm -hmm. yeah and it was made on like zero budget and then after it came out and did so well it like a bunch of people flocked to FSU to try to get film degrees for some reason because they were like, oh, well, this movie just did so well. Yeah. Like, the students must be learning stuff. Well, people and thought it was real when it came out, right? It wasn't yeah, revealed it, until a few months later that, like, it wasn't well, real. I mean, like, I don't know if people, like, well, actually thought it yeah, was that's real. that's kind of like the plot is, like, the, the, the whole plot is, like, the tape is found in the way. It's, like, right. yes, found the, the movie footage. is the tape they find. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And then we talk. They find a finger in the tape. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. That's that's true. I haven't watched that in a long time. And I remember it scaring me, though. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is. Yeah, it's like the end freaked me out when they go to like the house and the guy's like standing in the corner. I don't like that. You haven't. So, yeah, Blair Witch is really good. You should definitely watch it if you haven't Mm -hmm. seen it. Um, It's absolutely worth the hype. Um, they talk about Mulan's hot boyfriend, Lee Shang. <laughs> Lee Shang. <laughs> um, he is hot. Yeah, he is super hot. That's a fact. <laughs> um, they talk about a baby story, which this is how, like, Mia's, like, I've been watching a baby story on the Learning Channel, which I forgot that's TLC. what TLC was. Yes. I was, like, I looked it up, and I was like, oh, duh, it's TLC. <laughs> um, but, yeah, baby story was on from 1999 to 2010. Um, wow. And then she talks about... Oh, she she makes a she makes a reference to the Mothman prophecies mm-hmm. on page um, forty four, which like I don't know if you've seen this, but it's really good. Richard Greer is in it, and it's I don't know if you would care for it, Jordan. It's kind of spooky, but <laughs> there's like I have heard of it. Never there's seen this it. part where like they're on the phone and they. <laughs> he answers the phone and it's someone like talking really fast and they're like, blah, 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 <laughs> and it's really it's really like it's scary in the movie. But right, like <laughs> now, it's like funny to huh. uh, to think about. Um, right, but yeah, anyway, no, I haven't um, seen it. Sorry, the dog just jumped right up on me. And then I talk about Dairy Queen. That's not really a pop culture reference, but but we love whatever. it. GQ yes, Destiny <laughs> Destiny's Child Survivor came out in two thousand two. Fancy by McIntyre came out in nineteen ninety, and then she mentions The Wizard of Oz, which came out in nineteen thirty nine. And that's all the pop culture that I found. Um, well, so it, was said. A, it was actually kind of light for. Well, I mean, for only fifty pages, it's a lot. Well, I think. it was. Yeah. Well, I was kind of. Po- I mean, Dairy Queen's not really pop culture reference, no. you know. Well, yeah, kind of. Yeah. But right. It is. Well, that was well done. Well Thank researched. Um, I don't know if are we doing like a. a have a winner and a loser but i don't have a bully i didn't have a bully either i don't think there really i don't think there is one nobody's that bullying right which i mean yeah and we've said this before that's okay uh we can't talk about bullies even though there isn't one in this section without talking about 
the Rollstone. Boris Balkowski. Yeah, Mia's really mean about Boris in her journal, but that's always. Yeah, that's nothing new. So we can dive into that. Despite this book only being 50 pages, there is an astounding amount of Boris roasting. Uh, Starting on page three, Boris Pelkowski, violin virtuoso and mouth breather. There's this long thing on page seven about him getting locked in the stairwell at some like symphony and took hours for someone to find him. And Mia says, without food or water, he might have died. And on Monday, when everyone came back to school, all they'd have found was this skeleton clutching a violin and wearing a sweater tucked into its pants. <laughs> That's um. That seems to happen to him a lot. Yeah, he's um, he's locked has bad in places. Luck. Yeah, there's um, a couple things about the drama. Mean, she says, Mason loses personality. I can't wait. Uh, another thing about the German I mean I guess he wasn't kidding about his motion sickness causing him to lose his personality we should give him some every day if you ask me so on page 34 she says our great handicap is Boris while I'm in no way helping build our house at least I'm not making things worse the way Boris is so far he has had two asthma attacks thanks to all the sawdust and dropped a cinder block on his foot ouch (laughs) and then the last one is when she's talking about dr gonzalez like touching his feet because they thought it was it was dislocated and he was manipulating it back into place she says i would so never touch boris's feet dr gonzalez is truly a saint (laughs) and that was it but still for 50 pages that's a lot (laughs) that is a yeah yeah but it must be it's more condensed because she doesn't have a break from him like normal yeah. like normally she has classes without him or and like she doesn't they don't yeah. like sleep in the same house or whatever True. so Stephen, i'm just, curious yeah. what's your perspective of boris just based on like what you've read so far <laughs> what do you think about boris well he, I, I i view him like a neville longbottom type character like but <laughs> also it's I love perspective that. of him so she like she provides the only perspective on him obviously since it's right but uh he but so i wonder i mean he he doesn't he seems well-intentioned just like a a doofus and messes up every time Um, yeah i love i think that's a good way to put it like dropping a tender block on his foot you know like most of his stuff is just hurts himself he's not hurting Mm -hmm. other people yeah right yeah, we've talked a little bit about that, about how it seems like nobody hates Boris nearly like Mia does. And, like, he's, like, a, just a nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> she just he's hates just, him. <laughs> yeah, he's a totally normal nice guy. And yeah. I, th- I guess it's, like, well, within Harry Potter, who, like, besides, uh, like, Malfoy hates Neville. Mm. Yeah. I guess, like, well, everyone's kind of mean to him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just all kind of mean to him. Um, True. There was no break from Boris, so she was a little right. bit more mean about him. Um, but I think, I guess, is it time to move on to our winner and loser? Yes. Um, I, this was kind of hard because it was just, you know, like a short, silly book. It's but a, I, th- yeah, it's a short, I think yeah. Boris is the loser just because everything goes so poorly for him the entire trip. Yeah, I, I can agree with that, definitely. Like, I hate to say that, but. I mean, I mean, really, there's not a loser, but if you got to pick one, I think you it's have to pick him. one. Yeah. Um, and then I would definitely say that the winner or winners are the is the Harmeyer family. Yeah, I agree. They get a house built for them. They have a baby. Yeah. They're clearly just nice, 
down-home rural folk. Yeah, they're just normal people who, yeah. like, had these weird-ass kids come in and build a house for them. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, like, and they now had have a baby. toilets. I agree. Yeah. Yay, so Harmeyers. Yay, Harmeyers. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree with that. I think that kind of, that wraps us up. That wraps this, us up. For the short A shorter book. episode. For yeah. a short book. For short, yeah. It's time to plug. Rate and review us five stars. Yeah. Just tell <laughs> us how much you like us. Remember. Tell us you, how much you like us. Or love us. Or, or love either us. Either are acceptable. Um, yep. Steven, thank you for being here. We we'll appreciate it. Thank we'll you. <laughs> it's lovely to have a male perspective. Uh, Steven doesn't have Instagram. That was Millie. Um, she d- also does not have Instagram. Um, um, so I don't think, Stephen, do you have any social media? Do you want to plug in? I have a Spotify. Sweet. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend following. It has Blink-182 on there. Yeah. Unless you like Blink-182. Which Can you follow don't people you? on Spotify? Yeah, I think oh, so. Oh, by the way, the, yeah. the Lower the lower East Side Girls Club still exists, by the way. Oh, that can be our, our royal wave. Yeah, absolutely. They have, yeah. they have a physical address, so that's good. Maybe the oh, proceeds so from nice. this book helped build that. Oh, I certainly hope so. That is exciting. Um, but yes, yeah, so if you would like to, if you would like to follow us, though, um, you can find us on Facebook, uh, the Podcast Diaries, um, on Instagram at the Podcast Diary One. I don't know the rest of them. On Twitter at the <laughs> Podcast Diary. Can send us a whole email at the podcast diary at gmail.com, or of course, you can find all these links to our social and streaming at the podcast diaries.com. Uh, so you know, rate us five stars, like us, review us, send us your questions. We yes, please. Stephen, do you have any random questions now that while we're here? I mean, do you have any thoughts or questions about like Mia and her life that you would like us to discuss briefly? It's fine if you not off the top of my head. It's all it's all new. It'll all be answered in the pod. Um, yes. What, yes. Sorry. Is that all all that's left to do is oh wait, no, well, you have to tell us what we're reading sex. next. Yes. I'm so sorry. I totally I am, stepped on that. I am so excited because next we're going to be reading Princess in Pink, which is in my top three. Love Ooh, it. Okay. So we're going to be reading, obviously, starting from the beginning through the section Saturday, May 3rd, 7 p.m., half hour before my party is to begin. Wait, hold on. Is that right? Yes, that is true. (laughs) Uh, We'll be stopping at the section Sunday, May 4th, 2 a.m. So, yes. Now, Francis. awesome. Okay, so I guess all (laughs) that's left there is to do is to say a royal goodbye to you. And to you! And thank you for listening. (laughs) Bye. Bye.